Welcome back to Podcast 31 of 2022. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. Follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us the Ozbreakers and follow us on social media slash the Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by MyBookie.ag. For a 50% sign-up bonus, please visit MyBookie. Use the promo code the Oddsbreakers. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to help us out with our costs, sponsor the website and the podcast. We'd love to help you out. Please visit theoddsbreakers.com. Click shop and become a member and pick any of our winning handicappers to get the premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patron.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Oddsbreakers and become a free picks newsletter subscriber. The NFL draft is almost here, and we have a great show for you today to cover the nfl draft we are bringing on mr mike north formerly of 670 the score you can find him over at espn 1000 he has a great podcast called the odds couple really really excited to get mike on i used to listen to him as a kid on the radio he always brought it he likes the sports bet, and I figured I'm going to reach out to him and see if he wanted to come on the show, talk a little NFL draft, talk a little Bears, and he obliged. So I'm very excited to bring him on, as well as Rafael Esparza from my bookie to talk some draft props and some uh, potential specialty bets that he creates for my bookie for your sports betting pleasure, as well as a few plays so can't wait to get into that we're also going to talk a little ufc vegas 53 for this weekend we're going to talk a little main event at the end of this show before we bring our guests on just wanted to remind you that if you are a experienced handicapper and want to get your name out there Please visit the Odds Breakers and contact us. Would love to talk to you. See if you can get your name out there a little bit. Maybe make a little extra coin. Really looking for great individuals that will help contribute to our great content that we have over at the Odds Breakers, as well as our great listeners and supporters. So, looking for anybody that has a little experience. More than happy to collaborate with you. All right, without further ado, let's get into our first guest, Mr. Mike North from ESPN 1000. Now I'm happy to introduce for the first time to the show a man that I followed and listened to in the Chicagoland area for many, many years, Mr. Mike North. You can find his great sports betting show at The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. Follow him on Twitter at North2North. Mike, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's draft week in the NFL. How are you feeling about it? First of all, Kiev. Kiev is... Oh, Kiev O'Neill. It's an <laughs> Irish name from back in the day. I love the name, number one, my friend. Number two, yeah, listen, the draft isn't what it used to be. I used to know the draft. People used to know the draft before there were 500 stations, when there was only five stations, and 
college, there was no portal, transfer portal. There was none of that nonsense. Everybody stayed in school for four years. You had just magazines. Yes, with all these computers and everything, nobody knows anything about most of these kids. And it, it's amazing because the draft used to be a spectacle. It used to be on Saturday when it was 80 degrees and you would take off, not play baseball that day, and watch the draft. It's grown, but it's not the same. It's over a three-day span. I think people come in and come out now. I do think this is the weakest draft in my lifetime. In <laughs> my lifetime. Where there's no solid number one. No. There's no solid number two. Uh, the 10th pick could be the first pick. The first pick could be the 10th pick. So 90% uh, of the guys that you'll see, Kiev, will not know anything about the draft up to about two weeks ago. Then they'll look at the computers, and they'll tell you all you need to know. <laughs> oh, because 10% of these guys actually devote their lives to it. Right. The other 90, I mean, Danny Lee, when I started at the score, told me, you don't have an off season." I go, what do you mean? He goes, you're good at basketball, football, baseball, and hockey. You're, one, you're, you're a quadruple threat. I said, wow, that, thanks, boss. He says, but, but we all had some part of those games that we weren't really good at. And if I was a host today, the draft would be one of them. I'd have to read up, do my homework, like I think 90% of the guys are. Yeah, d definitely. And now everybody has a mock draft, being that there's just so many <laughs> media <laughs> outlets there. You, you know what's funny about what you said too, Mike? You'd think that this would be a great year, being that a lot of kids stayed an extra year in college, but it's not, you know? I mean, the quarterback class, I, they're oh. terrible. <laughs> they're trying to tell me, anybody is trying to tell me that five quarterbacks could be taken, that Pickett all of a sudden is the second coming of Dan Marino. Uh, you know, you got Willis. You got all these guys that won't be worth the crap. Last year's class isn't worth a damn right now. <laughs> With, with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Field, all those quarterbacks fell on their face. Sam Darnold from previous drafts, all these quarterbacks are supposed this is you got to get with the right team, the right system. Uh, uh, you got to get with the right coach. I mean, a lot of dynamics going to play for one guy, mm -hmm. for one guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tim Couch, who was as heralded as any quarterback I've ever seen, coming out of Kentucky, he made Kentucky good. And that's what I like to see. Who is the quarterback that made average programs look good? Like Tim Couch. Or Eli Manning at Ole Miss. Eli Manning. I go, this kid's good. They go, what? How do you know he's good? I go, Mississippi is kicking people's ass. <laughs> Anybody, like Justin Fields or or the late, uh, God bless him, Dwayne. Anybody, it seems, can go to the Ohio State and throw a lot of touchdowns because you got the ultimate talent. Make Mississippi a winner. Make Kentucky a winner, you know? Go to Clemson, to Sean Watson. Make Clemson a winner. Mm, he did. You know what I mean? Those are the quarterbacks that I would look at. I just don't see any big-time talent out there. So, you know, I think the the way to bet the draft this year is how many wide receivers are going to be picked. Uh, is it the over and unders five and a half? Uh, is there going to be two and a half quarterbacks picked in the first round? 
over and under. I think that's the way you got to go. If you try to nail certain guys because of the odds, I think you're going to come up empty a lot, Kev. Well, we're going to get into that, and I can't wait to talk about mm-hmm. that. But I'll tell you this. Right. This it, It's funny. It's it's a massive guessing. I think people were too high on last year's class, and they went to the wrong systems, freaking Urban Meyer. And then they're too, they might even be too low on this because, to be honest with you, you don't know that much. We do not know who's going to come no. out. We don't. And um, no. it, it's just all speculation right now. And, hell, one of these guys could turn out. And that's what's kind of fun about it, to find some of those diamonds. I love the Tom Brady story. One of the last guys drafted becomes the best guy of all time. I mean, there's nothing better than that, Mike. Yeah, and I'll tell you, uh, that guy there has made people take a harder look mm-hmm. at the mid and later rounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you stop and think that he's the greatest quarterback who ever lived, and I saw him all, from Wyatt Tittle uh, to Joe Montana uh, to Norm Sneed to Milt Plum. I've seen every quarterback from the 60s on. And I never see. I thought, boy, this Montana's special. Yeah, It's going to be tough to beat him. And then this guy comes along, and uh, and he's a good guy, married to a hot chick, uh, gets drunk once in a while like everybody else, like he did at the celebration. Uh, he's a guy that has it all that I don't think people are envious of. He's still got the Midwestern mentality. He doesn't walk around with the cigarette holder like John Barrymore, you know what I mean, <laughs> and walk around like a hot shot. So I think he's – I think character – Big comes into play with Tom Brady. I think when you're a mid-round quarterback, four, five, six, you better have character because you could you and you should have character because you didn't make it to number one status, so you've been crapped on a little bit. And I think that helped the guy because he had a giant ship on his shoulder. And that might help this class, just like how I said it's a terrible class. I could be completely wrong. I'm just picking on Pickett's hand size. Malik Willis against the zone's been terrible. You know, I mean, we can keep going on and on. Matt Corral didn't test good in the interviews. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff we can say, but this might even give them the edge to try harder. And that's what happened with Brady. Yeah, I think that Brady's one of a kind, two of a kind. Maybe there'll be another couple guys come along, but most of the guys that have been great are your uh, Peyton Manning's of the world that go to the university. And, and by the way, winning at Tennessee, I think Peyton Manning uh, always had the stigma of not being a, a big-time winner, not because of not only did he have a lack of success uh, in the pros, and when I say that he won two Super Bowls, I give him one for himself big-time mm-hmm. at Indianapolis. But T. Martin won the very next year at Tennessee. And Peyton Manning never won at Tennessee. You know, T. Martin when they won a national championship, and he ended up in Canada. So you need some <laughs> luck, too. You need, uh, I think, to be number one in anything. And you need hard, you need work ethic, you need character. And and uh, that's what I would look at. You know, the Chicago Bears just had a wide receiver, Pringle, who was doing donuts with a, a little kid in the back of the car, and they just picked him up. You know, saw that, at some course. point, I know he's a pro bowler. You got to look at character and football players, and I think now uh, that's been stressed as much as anything because of the because of that kid Ruggle, the kid, the kid in what was his name? Ruggs, Ruggs in Henry, Henry uh, Ruggs, first pick of the or, first wide receiver picked to that draft, made one of the biggest mistakes of his life, and of his life. Uh, you, you just going that fast, bad things are bound to happen. And and, killing and, somebody, it's hard to know that. 
And then obviously, yep. speaking of luck, let's look at our GM, Ryan Poles and Matt Aberflues. Obviously, the Pringle thing, not a good look, but it's not like we broke the bank for the guy. But man, I, I guess what is your early feelings on our new GM and head coach here for the Bears? Inexperienced. Second, uh, I, I didn't know that we were Indianapolis's farm system, where we take not you know they're they're junior executives. Uh, you know Eberflus. I mean, they the last game I saw him in, um, coach he lost to Jacksonville mm-hmm. uh, with that defense got riddled. I mean, and he took his share of criticism in Indianapolis, but you won't see the Chicago media bring that out. I have not heard anybody in Indianapolis. I don't know if you have distraught over the loss of Poles and Eberflus. Uh, how could we lose them? I remember losing Buddy Ryan with the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I do too. That was and, that was tough. Okay, I don't hear nobody worried about Eberflus leaving any organization to become a head coach for the Chicago Bears. They got a big job ahead of them. They had a better quarterback. I've always been a Mitch Trubisky fan. They uh, seem to think that he was supposed to be like Mahomes. Nobody is. Or nobody was. Mahomes may only win one Super Bowl for the rest of his career. Uh, I think Mitch Trubisky for $7 million for a year for two years. Pittsburgh Steelers do it again. They know how to judge. And I think Justin Fields is serviceable at best. He can't read the defense. And you talked about small hands. That don't matter. Can you hold on to the football? He fumbled 11 times in his rookie year. He's got to get better than that. But you know who he, your guy with the small hands, reminds me of? Remember Dave Craig? Oh, yes, Dave Craig. Was that late 90s, early 2000s, something like that? You know what, Kiev? He had small hands, and he fumbled tons. Yeah. So that's how I think. But you know what? I never buy into that crap. I think if you made it this far, the size of your hands, to me, is insignificant. Well, let's hope so, because his are extraordinarily small. Kyle Allen didn't make him look so good here, uh, being in Carolina with all his fumbles, because that was a knock on him. Sure. And then he fumbled Mm -hmm. a little bit, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean... What Matt Eberflus? I I never thought that he'd be the guy coming in. And why is it the Chicago media destroying this guy? Because I didn't think they were that great. And yes, they were injured a little bit. But Darius Leonard made Indianapolis's defense, man. And um, maybe Eberflus did something, but I don't see nothing spectacular here. I I'd be very very uh concerned here uh for a guy coming in that's just touted by the media i sometimes think that you know the mccaskies down are just like uh, they, they do what people tell them to do in a way and sometimes are just it's just all pure hype and terrible decisions media mainstream media does what they're told if they cover the bears they take the bears party line Nagy refused to meet with mitch trubisky and to or, or was said said he was going to meet him in 2019 to expand the playbook, Mitch waited for him. He never showed up. You never heard about it for two years. This No, you heard about it three years later about this after Nagy's fired. So all the media sat on that story in Chicago for three years. They pillaged Mitch Trubisky, who had 64 touchdowns and 37 interceptions, is the highest-rated Bear quarterback of all time, the highest-rated percentage quarterback of the Bears all time, went to two playoff games in three years, only played three and a half years, was sacked after going 2-0 and to bring in Nick Foles, who everybody wanted except me. And you could put the people that wanted that move, uh, that didn't want that move, me and about a couple other people. The media, the Bears, 
and 75% of the fans kicked out a good quarterback. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are going, are you kidding? And then Mitch sees last year's draft. And this is what's important. You had to, I bet I was in business before I was in radio for 30 years. And I'm going to tell you right now, he saw the teams that needed quarterbacks last year. Charlotte, I mean, Carolina, uh, you know, Denver. Teams that he thought weren't all that. There was three, four teams. Mitch Trubisky said, you know what? I'd rather not sign on with one of these teams that has the same talent base or maybe less than the Bear teams had that I won with. He went 29-21, and 21, folks, as a Bear starter. Jason uh, Justin Fields went two and eight, and they're ready to build a Hall of Fame bus for him. See, <laughs> so so my point is, it wasn't about the winning; it was the Bears didn't take Mahomes, and they made him the scapegoat when it was Nagy and everybody else. So my whole point is that I think the Pittsburgh Steelers I already bet on the over seven and a half victories. That's a steal. Mitch Trubisky on the Bears. One more games than that. And they don't have half the talent. So uh, I think that's a steal at seven and a half. I put that in with my guy already. You know, what's interesting is that Matt Nagy was such a bad coach. We have no, we have no idea, but what we did see was Mitch Trubisky go against our number one defense in preseason. And do not tell me our number one defense was not freaking motivated that day to not get embarrassed. And he absolutely torched us. Torched us up and down the field. That made me think. Can I give you a compliment? Please, please. I've never met you before. Never been on with you before. We talked on Twitter. You want to come on? I tell BB, I got a good feeling about this guy. He's a get up and go guy, man. I don't even know who the guy is. I said, Well, this odds breaker. I love the gambling business. I love everything else. You just made my day. You're the only guy that has brought that up. I was at Bourbon Street on 115th Street for an ESPN party, 1000, uh, draft party, fantasy football, fantasy football party. All the guys were there Carmen DeFalco, Sylvie. You know, Tommy Waddle, all of them. Mm-hmm. I was by myself as the only Trubisky backer. That game was on. The hush over the crowd, and it was packed, when Trubisky dissected the Chicago Bears team and embarrassed Nagy, and everybody poo-pooed it. It's only a preseason game. Are you kidding me? He came ready to play, and I do believe many Bear players were upset that he was gone. And I think some Bear players sort of didn't have a problem with him riddling the uh, with the Bears coaching staff. I didn't see the same intensity from that Bear defense to a man that they love. Yeah. They got rid of a guy they love, and they bring in every quarterback, second stringer under the sun. And you brought that up. Great call. All right. Well, thank you so much for that win total you just gave up, too, yeah. on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look at that. And I got to tell you, but people ask me, what's your thoughts on the Bears' new coaching and fields? I tell them I'm cautiously pessimistic. I am, <laughs> I am not cautiously optimistic. I am cautiously pessimistic because there's absolutely... 
absolutely no reason that this regime, that I should have any faith that there's a better than 50% chance that this thing works out, Mike. Do, do you think, if you look at 2018, that was Trubisky's second year after having to deal with John Fox the first year. If you look up the 2018 season and you read off Mitch Trubisky's stats, if Justin Fields has those stats, they'll they'll feed him. They'll give him. The, <laughs> He'll be a king. Like they'll treat him like the king that they want him to be. He's not going to do that. Mitch Trubisky. All everybody ever says is, "Well, the double doink in 2000, the defense carried him." Look at Mitch Trubisky's 2018 year, folks. He had a 95 rating for the season. He, he threw 24 touchdowns, had 12 interceptions in his first year with a new coordinator. You know, it's all nuts. It, it's absolutely insane. And me and you could sit here and rat on the Bears for the next oh, 30 hours, my man. 30 years, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm exhausted, too. And that's why we bet on sports, because we're Bears fans, you know. Yeah. And that's why we love it. And let is, let's get into this draft here. Uh, let's start with what you kind of uh, teased us with, Mike. Is there any positional totals that you kind of like here? I actually did my own mock draft like everybody else. What I like to do, Mike, is I like to say what teams need to do, and I then I say under that what I think they will do because GMs don't do what they need to do in many cases. They're always mesmerized by those wide receivers and terrible picks like that. But either way, <laughs> I I have my own ideas. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see what you've made already. All right. Let me get my drafting up here. NFL draft or uh, prospects. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to show people what everybody does as we go along. Absolutely. And, and if the lines moved, let us know. I mean, obviously, these lines have been out for a while. And some of them are stale. Uh, some of them moved in my favor. I'll, I'll tell you a couple. Um, but positional totals where there's, there's about five or six of them. They're not going to do... Uh, edge rushers right away because defensive ends and outside linebackers that that's a clashing thing you don't know what the sports book's going to weigh that as but um I, i'm really interested to see where you found some value well you know i'm hearing people all of a sudden ooh, uh poo poo aiden hutchinson as the number one pick i'm hearing he might drop to two might drop to three uh, if joey bosa or uh aaron donald or jj watt or tj watt or you know, BB Watt, whatever way you want to call these guys. If if you think Aiden Hutchinson isn't a number one first pick in this draft, you're out of your mind. Michigan beat Ohio State. Not with a well-known quarterback, not led by any offensive quarterback. This man was a guy in a big game and in a big season who ate the crap from Ohio State fans and led the charge. He's a leader. I think he should be the first pick in the draft. But I'm hearing people like a bunch of different uh, people, like Neil, you know, Gardner. Stingley now has made a lot of noise from LSU. Uh, the receiver total right now is five and a half. I'm hearing everybody say there may be six or seven. Because, you know, you can't substitute for speed. So if they can run... Forget about if they can catch. Forget if they can run a precise pass pattern. Forget about all that. If they can burn 
Coaches always think they can teach him the rest. And running precise pass patterns is something you have to learn when you're in peewee football. You don't just pick it up. They make that mistake. That's why most of these guys fall off the shelves. They got a kid in Chicago, Darnell Mooney, who's not a bad receiver. He's learning to run uh, patterns. But he's sort of smallish. If you have a guy like that, you don't want him running a lot of cross patterns because they won't last the season. You'd rather them be burners, get a guy like Allen Robinson that's put together that can be that slot receiver. So there's the mistake people make. But I do think five and a half over for receivers. I think think just because they play that glamour position, it's turned into a glamour position now. It is, and I agree with you. I mean, those quick slants, you can get absolutely torched by the safety. There's a former Bear, I I forgot his name, his back broken too when he got hit in one of those. I can't remember his name. It was maybe eight, nine years ago. Skinny guy, really fast. Yeah, I remember. His name escapes me, but he got absolutely destroyed running one of those crossing routes, and um, he just got, I think it was a quick slant or a crossing route, one of those. But yeah, Mooney's kind of small. He's got great deep hands and fantastic find, I think, out of Tulane that the Bears had, but we'll see. Uh, what's frustrating about the Bears, they draft a receiver every year, and Mooney's really the only one that turned out here. I mean, Well, the worst receiver, the, the worst draft pick of all time. I mean, I didn't like Curtis Conway, but at least Curtis Conway eventually became somewhat yeah, serviceable. Yeah, he did. I think he did. When he came to Chicago, he said, I don't like cold weather. I mean, my God, you know, it's windy. And I got, I go, hey, we're going to have a problem. But I think uh, this Kevin White's the absolute worst draft pick the Bears ever made. Absolutely. And they kept him around for four or five years. Well, not only that, you, you, know? you should never Why? buy the first year rebuild you draft and receiver because they're more expensive year three, four anyway. Why would Who you, isn't why that would experienced? You yeah, yeah. Even if he turned out, he he's been more experienced. experienced. And then they keep him around for four years. Yeah, you know he can't play after one year. But you don't want to admit your mistakes. There's where these teams, these teams, some of them, get out of here. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make it after one year. They don't care if it's a first round pick. Your winners will do that, but they don't make that many mistakes. So, um, you go over, I think, and I agree uh, with that. I agree with you, Mike. I'm I'm going to comment on that. Yeah. I have seven receivers going. I disagree with the whole idea of doing that, just because I don't think receivers move the needle nearly as much as trenches. But you know that's what GMs do, and I I do have seven of them, and it looks like that five and a half has moved up here at DraftKings. Here it's at six and a half, so you might have, should concern you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it means that there's probably going to be seven. Um, six and a half is such a close number right now. I bet you that moves up even more when the public gets a hold of that line a little bit more before the draft, Mike. There's another bet I like. Uh, I like the um, over one and a half safeties. I mean, one and a half uh, safeties being picked. I like that too. Um, yeah, I think that defense is still so huge. Everybody concentrates on the offensive side of the ball until the playoffs start. I think if I had to pick between a defensive back that I needed or a wide receiver that I needed, and they were both like, I'd probably go defense first. I think you could find receivers are a dime a dozen. I think you can slip down to the third, fourth, or fifth pick to find a receiver. To play defense in the National Football League, if you got a guy that you think could be a second-round pick, maybe 32nd or 33rd or 35th, and you're picking 29th and you need a corner, take him 
because it's harder to, I think, draft for defense than it is to draft for offense. I, I agree, and I, I actually have a play that kind of corresponds with that. I like Lewis seen under 35.5 at minus 115. It actually looks like it moved in my favor up to minus 145. I still like it at that price. Let's face it, Hamilton from Notre Dame looked great in college, right. but but they're going to hammer him a little bit for running a four six forty. You know, they're gonna they're gonna beat him up a little bit for that. While Lewis, seemed, even though he's a safety and it's a different position, even though yep, he's a safety yep. and he's a pretty big kid. What is he? He's about six four. Yeah, he's he's six three yeah, or six four, I believe, and I can even pull that up. But he's a, he's a great prospect. But there's a chance that they're going to look at Georgia. And why wouldn't you look at Georgia? Because Georgia had the best defense last year in college football. And that tends to kind of push some people in the draft. You know, looking at Scene, um, he's also a big guy. I think he's about 6'3 himself. And he ran a pretty fast 40-yard uh, dash. I have to pull it up. But I believe it was in the four. Uh, the low four fours, I believe. And I think that they're going to like him under the 34 and a half because you know what? Buffalo needs secondary. Um, the Eagles need secondary. There's just so many teams, Mike, that need secondary. So I took scene under, and I think that number keeps going down. Yeah, he's he, he's listed at 6'2", 200 pounds. I like it. Okay, now I'm going to give everybody an example of what 90% of us do, okay? Okay. Uh, that do this, you know, talk show host business uh, and have done it for years. But everybody, there's going to be somebody in the draft that you don't know. But, for instance, if you hand me uh, a guy's name, who's going to go 16th? I, you know, right before the commercial's over, I'll read up real quick. Charles Cross, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, he's an offensive lineman from uh, Mississippi State. Let's see, long arms, great top end, does a nice job abandons technique, his weakness, challenges inside with counters, and, you know, okay, you ready? Uh, I don't know who's taking 16. We'll pretend that uh, the, uh, the Atlanta Falcons are taking 16. Mike, who do you like? Well, I'll tell you what. I've been following this guy, Charles Cross, from the Atlanta Falcons for the whole season, <laughs> and there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, he's got some rough edges, but offensive lineman, pretty big kid, uh, likes, loves the weight room. I've talked to some people that uh, tell me that uh, he's watched his diet more, uh, he's a guy that can protect the flank and stuff like that. I've never even heard of the guy. <laughs> All I have to do is read this and then just go. And, 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 you know, I heard Peter King say something. I want to get your cake on this. Mm -hmm. And uh, Peter King, the difference between me and Peter King is simple. Peter King would be invited to eat at the McCaskey's house, okay? Because <laughs> he's one of those mainstream media swamp guys. You know what I mean? Been with the NFL <laughs> Forever, he knows all the ownership. He loves the McCaskey. I'd be like Eddie Murphy and coming to America. I'd be invited <laughs> to the McDowell's house, but I'd be parking the cars at the McCaskey. Okay, <laughs> but but Peter King said something. I want to get your take on this. And I know that a lot of the shows I watch, even like uh, VA uh, VS Vissen with uh, Paulie Howard and uh, uh, Mitch Moss, they always quote Peter King. Well, Peter King's not always right. But I was, I was reading something that he said. I want to get your take on this. Somebody told me over the weekend that so-and-so might be a good fit for the Steelers. I think it was Pickett or somebody. Or he says, somebody told me. Could have been the guy that works at the diner. 
Could have been the guy at the convenience store. Somebody told me, isn't it time we get names from people? Isn't it time you say somebody from the Steeler organization told me? Or somebody from the Philadelphia Eagles. It's somebody told me. That's what we go on nowadays, folks. And you forget about it once he writes it. But these guys are forced to come up with crap. Nobody knows, for the most part, what's going to happen here. But it's got to get better. I don't care if you're Peter King, who's in his 75th year. Somebody told me. You got to be better than that. Mm -hmm. You got to have more juice. I mean, I'm hearing after Mitch Kubisky was picked up that somebody told somebody that Pickett's going to be the pick. You, The Pittsburgh Steelers, I'll be shocked if they take a quarterback this year. That's a waste of draft pick. But if they take him, fine. But Mitch Trubisky isn't a bridge quarterback. See? So when I hear that, I'm going, would Pittsburgh really waste the pick after they just picked up a quarterback for two years? But because of reputation being so bad, they think he's a bridge quarterback when people don't realize Mason Rudolph was the bridge quarterback, but people heard that, and they all got fed up in Pittsburgh, and the GM backed off, and they went out and got somebody. Not saying he might not be a bridge quarterback, but it just seems to me, look at these teams, folks. And look at their acquisitions in the offseason and see if picking a quarterback when you just picked up one would make sense. Maybe it would. But don't forget, the Packers had Aaron Rodgers in his prime, and they went out and wasted a draft pick Mm. on Jordan Love. So I think people better be a little bit cautious. Yeah, and so and, and if you're asking my take on that, absolutely. Yeah. At least give, yeah. a, give us something here because it's so easy. You know, they, they, they get forced into come up with stories. They're bugged. You know, they're, they're, they're paid for this, you know. So it's very easy to say Dwayne, the tragedy with Dwayne Haskins, the fact that everybody hates Mitch Trubisky because of the Chicago media. Right. And, uh, you know, it just makes sense. I it, Oh, he's from Pittsburgh. You know, I think they're going to take Pickett. Well, that's, that's possible, but I wrote down they should be drafting a defensive tackle, okay? And... Oh. And I, and and if they're stupid enough to take Pickett, God bless them. I actually say you, I don't, I don't trust a lot of these guys. I think Mel Kuyper was wrong on a ton of stuff last year in the last couple of years, McShay, all those guys. If, if Mitch is the man, Steelers will be able to sniff that out and they might be shocking everybody at pick 20. The hell they might even trade out of it. Mike, you might, you might be absolutely right about that. Like I said, the draft is a learning experience for a lot of the casual football fans because uh, it, 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 something's happened where, you know, you just, I don't know, the players just aren't what they were. I can't figure it out. I don't know what happened, but the play has been so subpar. And I think because of the wide open offenses uh, that they have now compared to back then, you don't. And I'm not against that. Believe me, I lived through the Paul Schembechler, Woody mm-hmm. Hayes years, folks. Mm-hmm. Really, I was Brooks watching those games. You know, I was Brooks in, in, in Shawshank. Give me the rope. Find me a beam. It was so boring. Those games were boring, but you knew every player in the draft by the end of the season. Period. Right. You sure did. And one play that I did make, and I made mm-hmm. this play because it correlates with another position. 
If you're looking at safeties, there's one that really stuck out in the combine, and that was Jelani Woods. But do the books believe that in the first round? Absolutely not. Under .5 players for safeties is minus 700. But then I looked at running backs, and I don't see a running back in the top five that really sticks out. And that number was minus 190. I'm like, what's the difference here? Who's going to be reaching for a running back right now with all the mistakes that are made at that position? The only team that could really use a chance on one's baby Buffalo, but they need a defensive back even more. I took under .5 for running backs. Brees Hall, Walker, the two guys from Georgia, they all look the same to me, Mike, and none of them graded like Jonathan Taylor or anything. That's a good hidden gem that you just came up with. Not a lot of people talking about the 0.5 running back thing. And I'm big on those those over and unders this year. You know, I did the same thing with baseball this year. Instead of betting individual games, I picked four teams for season total. So you have a game every night. Right. Here you have a player. What You're sweating it out. You're going to have to sweat out that whole first round. You're going to be like, you know, with the 29th pick in the first round, the, the so-and-sos take running. <laughs> oh, no, not running back. Because then you'd go down. I'm with you. I can't think of a running back right now that sticks out in my mind. You know, Tony Dorsett ain't walking through that door. O.J. Simpson ain't walking through. Those guys are gone. Um, The wishbone's gone. A lot of things are gone. I don't see it. I'm with you on that one. All right. Good stuff, man. So I want to I'm going to throw this one out there, too. And this is a non-binary play. And I don't love to make a bunch of non-binary plays because there's multiple outcomes here. But when I look at New England's situation here, right, they got their quarterback. They paid up the ringer for um, two tight ends last year. You look at their free agency, Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy, and Jamie Collins, all three linebackers are not signed. What could Mm -hmm. the Patriots do to give them some leverage after this draft, draft a linebacker at spot 21 or 22 or whatever it is. Because I'll tell you, Mike, linebackers are not coming off the board. And you're going to get a guy like Lloyd or the Dean from Georgia. One of the top two linebackers are going to fall to you. And not only will you fill the biggest position of need that you have, you are also going to give you leverage re-signing Kyle Van Noy. You know, you're going to give a little leverage like that. And uh, you, people say they need receivers. Well, they blew that with Nikhil Harry a couple years ago. They are not going to look like that again, Mike. Plus 300 that the Patriots draft, a linebacker first, you get 3-1, to one, my man. What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are I wouldn't take that bet with another team, but that's a good bet with that team. See, Bill Belichick is a linebacker guy. He coached Lawrence Taylor in, in, yeah. in, in New York. So uh, if I was going to say, is there a linebacker out there good enough to be a first-round pick? Maybe. But is there a coach that could make him into a first-round pick? And that's where that comes in. Now the trap is, thinking that's going to happen, even though you're right, they are not signed yet. But you, New England usually gets people signed, and they don't play that leverage game. They just cut you if you suck. The fact that they're still out there, you know. I mean, he said, I remember Belichick, a guy gained 200 yards one week 
on the ground. I forget what his name was. He was late for practice the next week. They, he never played again. Mm-hmm. You never heard of him. So I think that's a great bet. because. But the only trap is what I just said. Oh, yeah, Belichick will take him because he can work his magic. And, 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 but, but as far as New England, you're right. They're not going to take any chances, leave themselves short. But I think they'll sign their guys eventually or sign somebody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not all three of them, but at least, like you said, former coach. um, You can talk about the bargaining chip if you want, but but he's also not looking at the combine. He's not saying, oh, I don't care that this guy ran 465. He hates the combine. You know, he hates it. You know, he he sees. I can tell he hates the combine. I can tell. He sees a couple words. He sees Alabama. (laughs) He drafts a lot of Alabama guys. You know, his buddies with Saban. He drafts a lot of Georgia guys. You know, there's a couple of those guys that are sitting there for him for the taking right there. So I'm glad you brought that up, Nick Saban. I'll tell you why. I wanted the Bears to keep Mitch, but if they weren't going to keep Mitch, I wanted Mac Jones. The reason I wanted Mac Jones is I kept seeing that New England wanted Mac Jones in a lot of Mac, Mac drafts. And I said to myself, if I'm the Chicago Bears, do I move up for Justin Field or do I take Mac Jones? Now, it's a, I don't know if Mac Jones would ever survive with the Chicago Bears, just like I don't know if Terry Bradshaw, when – uh, we flipped the coin and would have ever been in the Hall of Fame had the Bears picked them. My guess is no. Uh, they did not. They don't have a good organization. But when I saw that Mac Jones was going on mock drafts and everybody was ignoring him except Belichick, I said, would, would Saban put his friendship on the line <laughs> by telling Belichick to take him? He said, this is what I think happened. I think I think Saban said the kid's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever had. Bright as hell, you know. He's got a little baby fat around him, but but so did Tom Brady. He's he's good on intermediate passes. Would he tell Bill Belichick to waste to take that pick? And if it didn't work, risk, I don't think it would risk their friendship. But I found that interesting, and I then would have thought maybe I'll beat him to the punch, and and that didn't happen. So the same thing may go for these linebackers. Is there another team in front of New England that needs a linebacker that you saw? You got to ask yourself that question. There's, you know, there's one. There's at least there's. I think there's one, and that's a great question. Okay. But what I will say on that is, I mean, obviously, you look at Belichick. You have to respect that. If it's in the mock draft, if you're Absolutely. getting if you're getting some stuff from the Patriots, you have to respect that. I myself saw Absolutely. that nobody had a problem when then everyone thought the Niners were going to take Mac Jones. Everyone's like, okay, that's cool. And then if it, it, yeah. it, it turned out to be a smokescreen and they tra- grabbed a great trailer, but you have to remember that nobody said that's a bad pick at number three. And he falls to right. 15. You know, the Bears reached yeah. up for an Ohio right. State Good quarterback, point. right? An Ohio State quarterback that never turns out in the NFL. Slow delivery. And that's the big, you know, concern with the Bears. And me and you can go on for hours, like I said, about that. You know what? You know what's funny about that? I'm not blaming Justin Fields alone. The team's bad. But Mitch knew how to work around it. The thing that bothers me is I said the same thing you said. Look, I don't live on trends. I don't live and die on trends, uh, especially college ones. Oh, you know. Uh, they've beaten Penn State's beaten them five times in a row. Well, those once in 1972. Who cares? Trends don't matter on that. 
But the amount of Ohio State quarterbacks that hasn't ever made it is disturbing enough <laughs> for me to have wanted to steer away from Justin Fields. I don't care if you're talking about Braxton Miller. I don't care if you're talking about Dwayne Haskins. I don't care if you're talking about Arch Leister. I don't care if you're talking about back in 1969 and 70 with Rex Kern, who was a hell of a quarterback. They made him a safety in Baltimore. So every damn quarterback that's come out of Ohio State, quite frankly, folks, has been a bum, okay? So I'm trying to figure out why, because Darnell Mooney, for instance, wouldn't have even made Ohio State's team as a wide receiver. He went to Texas A&M. Every Ohio State quarterback throws to receivers who are top shelf, 10 feet open. Then they get to the pros, and the defensive backs are wearing those receivers like, like cheap suits. Right. And there's, they don't know how to thread the needle. They hold on to the ball because they're not used to seeing receivers covered. And I think the same thing goes, Kiev, with USC quarterbacks. Carson Palmer, okay. Okay. Poor guy got hurt. He looked good. I like Carson Palmer. But Sanchez, you know, Pat Hayden. We can go back in time. Matt Leinart. With the USC. Oh, Matt Leinart. Uh, Barkley. Uh, why do I have to explain when people take an Ohio State quarterback or the USC quarterbacks, why do I take Keith for having to explain why why it's not going to work when they never work? Yeah. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, I said, went to USC. Well, so what? So what? That's a running back school. Always has been. Not Always just that, Mike, the whole point about having all the time in the world because you're behind five-star offensive linemen, those crossing routes develop, and that's how they're wide open running before. You know, these receivers are going to the top-of-the-line guys. That is exactly it. And that's why Justin Fields got by with the slow delivery. That's not the quarterback right. that fits the NFL because everything is way faster. And if you're that ball's not out of your hand in two seconds, you better be somewhere where Pat Mahomes is because you're going to get. Well, smashed. you know what my my whole deal my whole deal and it's just not this isn't just picking on Justin Fields. My whole deal though is Justin Fields is a, a poor man's RG three to me. Run first thought if you find somebody else. He bought time. He was that talented in college because he had the right team, but he could also. Once the line broke down after four seconds, run around for two more seconds. So that's what you got to look at. What team is he coming from? That's why the Eli Manning thing to me was my favorite. I said, this kid's going to be great. They go, why? I go, when has Mississippi ever been good? And they all looked at me. I go, okay. When you have a court, Terry Bradshaw had to be special. He was from Louisiana Tech. He wasn't from Ohio State. Wasn't from Michigan. I mean, I mean, to me, how you take an average team and make them a national champ. That's why I knew I wanted. See, I wanted Deshaun Watson for the Bears. They passed him up and didn't hardly even interview him. Right. He made Clemson like he was fantastic. Now, I don't know if he's ever going to play again. Who knows what's going to happen? But to me, it's the quarterbacks, and I said this earlier, that take the ordinary teams and make them super. Right. Well, we don't know how long the Remember suspension is. Yes, of course. Vince Young. Vin, I mean, Vince Young, one of the biggest I thought busts. I he was the best ever. <laughs> I, there, I we, can, we, we can go forever on some of these guys. Ryan Leaf, Vince Young. He was Vince holding Young. the shoe. 
crying on the sidelines, holding Spike in his hand, crying at the end. Come on. Well, I mean, all great points. And, and, and I think some people are finally starting to figure out. Unfortunately, for our Bears, uh, I, I hope Fields uh, works out. Where, that's why I'm cautiously pessimistic. I, I'm thinking more to the no, but I've been wrong before. So let's just pray that yeah. the kid gets better. He fixes delivery, can check down a little bit like the, uh, like the Mac Jones. Who's going to be your first pick? Who's your first pick in this terrible draft? <laughs> Mine? Neil, Neil from Bama. The uh, offensive line would be my first pick from Bama. Yeah, just got Trevor Lawrence. The guy's 6'8", 350 pounds. He played guard for Alabama, which tells you that he can run block, and he can. he's a little bit fast on his feet. I Neil is hands down the first pick in the draft. And when I say hands down, I just mean I don't like the rest of them, Mike. So I like Evan Neal from Alabama. He's my best player in this whole draft class, my man. And I want to give you a play that went against me that I think makes no sense whatsoever. And I do think that maybe Jamison Williams is the best wide receiver in this draft. But if you look at him, he tore his ACL, which sucks. He's not playing till October, right? But then again, he's not 6'4 DK Metcalf. He's not A.J. Brown metrics, right? He, he didn't have that. He left Ohio State for a reason. He went to Bama. He did really good. But the f- fact that a GM on the hot seat, which is usually a top 12 drafting GM, would grab a running back, or sorry, a wide receiver with a torn ACL that can't even play the first half of the year blows my mind. I took under 12 and a half, and I'm, or sorry, over 12 and a half. I took he's going to pick later than 12 and a half, and it went down to 11 and a half, so it moved against me, Mike, but I still think it'd be really stupid in a receiver class that's really bunched up together to reach for a guy in your top 12 picks. It, it, it blows my mind. Well, here, it's like going to a used car lot. No, forget about a used car. Going to a new car lot. Looking at all the cars and going, you know, they're nice, but where's the one with a dent? Is there one with a dent here that I could, you know, look at? And the guy would look at you. Wait, wait, wait. We, this is a BMW uh, dealership. Yeah. But you know what? If you have a dent, I can maybe work it out, you know, and things will get better. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Now. That doesn't mean this kid can't be terrific. I saw Willis McGahey break his leg in half in the Orange Bowl, okay? I said he'll never play again. He played 16 years. Mm -hmm. Pretty good player, too. So I'm not saying work ethic comes into play here, Mm -hmm. okay? All of a sudden, the guy that was indestructible has been destroyed. The mental part of the game comes in here, okay? How much do you want it? There are some guys that never that get hurt, that never can come back. And then there's other guys that get hurt and keep coming back and coming back. So that's the one thing you got to look at. I'm with you. You can't, to me, if you got a bunch of other people that are healthy, you don't take a chance, on my, in my opinion. Especially if he's 6'1", the size of well, yeah. you know the other receives Olave. And, right. you know, it, it, it makes no sense. Be, yeah, you need to be a burner if you're that big. You yeah. need to be a, I mean, if you're, you're that little. You need to be a burner. We already said he's already got injury problems, and he's not anything ordinary. I like that pick. Awesome. Sounds good, Mike. Well, any other plays or thoughts about this NFL draft? Well, I think where it's being held at, 
I think is a shame that it's not a better draft than we're used to. I'm just honest with what I do. But if glad it's being held in Vegas, the Bellagio ought to be hopping. They're going to have them taken out in boats. Hopefully there'll be no casualties, no drownings, everything else. And uh, I just think it's it's going to be fun for the football maniacs, but I think it's going to be a draft. I, I don't even watch. I mean, the second day is okay. I watch the, maybe some of the first day. But there's going to be other stuff going on, too. So let's hope that the Bears, the Bears don't even have a first pick. And the Raiders don't have a first pick, which is a shame being in Las Vegas. That would have hyped things up a little bit more. I know. What is going on? Raiders, no first pick. Come on. What a bad year to do this. Jesus. Well, hey, I, I guess they can just show off Devontae Adams. They can just have him kind of walk across maybe or and do a little catwalk for the fans over there because that's yeah. such that's yeah. so that's so true here, man. Well, great. Yeah, exactly. Man. Mike, thanks so much for coming on the show. Great job as ever. Love talking Chicago with you, my man. Where could our listeners follow you and uh, get your great plays that you make weekly? Well, you can follow me on Bar. Uh, first of all, uh, on Bar on Barroom, the Barroom Network. I do a podcast. I'll be probably doing one this week for the draft. I also am on ESPN 1000 with the great Carmen DeFalco, Randy Merck, and all the boys up there. Fridays and Saturday, Friday night. Uh, although with White Sox baseball, we do uh, uh, have the podcast up at then Saturday morning at eight o'clock. We uh, have the show, so we'll have some stuff on the draft uh, this this week, and uh, it's going to be a great, great fun. It's always interesting. The NFL is gold, no matter what, and they're putting on uh, a great show. And I really appreciate you having me on, buddy. Awesome. Make sure you guys check out Mike North and follow him on Twitter at North to North. All right, now it's time to talk a little draft props with my bookies, Mr. Rafael Esparza. All right, now I'm happy to talk a little more NFL draft with one of the prop masters at mybookie.com and Doc Sports, Mr. Rafael Esparza. Raf, man, the draft is here. How are things going? Is it over yet? Not the draft is here. <laughs> How about is it over yet? But. You know what? I, I love how all these gamblers and handicappers and all that just start just throwing money at the at the NFL draft. And I told you uh, before we jumped on the air, most borks lose in the NFL draft. It's not a cash cow. Mostly, we're just trying to not lose our shirt, uh, and hopefully, you get that money back when people bet baseball, Champions League, soccer, preseason football, maybe the USFL. Maybe they'll use that money that they're going to win uh, on the NFL draft for that. But uh, it should be interesting. Uh, I missed the days when I was handicapping how many dogs would be on TV, but during a COVID draft, I, I missed those kind of days. But hopefully we won't lose our shirts uh, as much uh, this week. I'm hoping for some big trades and some movement. I think that's what happens. Uh, last couple of years, no, nothing really big movement uh, going on. So hopefully we'll have some controversy and, and chaos that, that will maybe uh, <laughs> shake up mock drafts and uh, we, we won't lose our shirts. Lots of mock drafts out there. Everyone has one. And uh, I got to tell you, man, I if I'm a GM, I am purposely doing what the Niners did. Yeah, I am giving out wrong information. You know why? Because yeah. I get sick of people bugging me about it. <laughs> Probably, even if I'm the first pick, I'm like, you guys don't need to know. Plus, I might I might get to somehow give a little bit better of a contract, maybe. You know, if uh, my if I'm a top five guy and uh, you know I'm not telling you what I want to do, I don't know. You know, you, so- I would I would leak out that we're looking at maybe Debo for Baker uh, <laughs> during draft. I would leak out something. <laughs> 
Yelly got some BS. Have some fun with it, man. I don't know. But the truth is, I mean, this draft, funny enough, people said so many people stayed because of COVID in college that this would be some sort of massive draft. It's not really feeling like that. The players don't seem all that, I guess, rated. I personally couldn't rate them any higher than other other drafts, especially the quarterbacks. I tried to like the quarterbacks because I'm a contrarian personality. Like I really tried to find a reason to. I couldn't. But, um, you know, to be honest with you, the, the defensive ends, there's three or four of them that are fine. For me, I, I I take any of them. I I don't think one's better than the other, Ralph. No, I mean it's it's very interesting, and I saw this today. I can't remember who put it up, but since the since the market opened up the draft odds, I think it was sometime in May, uh, middle of May, and all that. These have been the number one uh, uh, projected number one pick: QB Sam Howell, QB Spencer Rattler, third row from Oregon, Hutchinson, Evan Neal, now Trevin Walker. I mean. Uh, it, it's been crazy, crazy. Uh, now, of course, Walker is anywhere between minus 180. I think I see high, as high as minus 250 uh, in some shops, uh, the kid the kid from Georgia. So uh, it's going to be very interesting uh, to see. Uh, I'm hoping it's a big trade and, and uh, like like the Bears did when they got, got drafted a horrible quarterback. I won't mention since you're a Bears fan. Uh, and, and someone gets drafted number one that just completely out of the blue. My listeners will turn me off if I rate rat on the Bears any more than I did already earlier. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, even last year's quarterbacks, they had bad coaches. I mean, and that's what's also hurting this draft. People just see what they did. And you understand Urban Meyer's just not an NFL coach, and um, Matt Nagy was not a good coach. There's, I mean, Mac Jones had the best coach, and he became the best quarterback of the bunch. You know, Zach Wilson had a defensive coach, really. You know, I mean, um, still still all the jury is out on these quarterbacks from last year. So uh, the one thing I don't have to worry about is the Bears screwing up their first-round draft pick, Raph, because they don't have one. They don't have one. <laughs> I, I'm very – I think that's what probably think is intriguing for me, which, again, I'm not the biggest NFL draft guy, but – I'm really curious what Malik Willis is going to. I, I bet a couple of props with him over 10 and a half. Uh, he gets selected. I still think Pittsburgh, and I still think maybe the Saints grab him. I don't know if they're going to trade for him or if, if he's going to be out there. I would not be shocked if those two uh, uh, teams uh, land Willis, uh, Steelers, or, or, or the Saints. Uh, if not, if, if, if the Saints don't get him, I think they'll probably look for maybe Sam Howell or Corral down in the second third uh or quarter second third rounds but uh, i would not be shocked if uh if we, we see willis holding up uh, a steeler jersey in one hand and a yellow towel in the other well there you go you know i mean you bet the over and it, it, he's slated to pick first minus 190 in a lot of these books but I, I don't necessarily believe that i mean he's raw he's the liberty guy i mean you know i he didn't have the greatest pro day i think that you know, you got Kenny Pickett there that was a winner and, and Desmond Ritter that was really a winner, but it was for Cincinnati. Uh, Matt Corral, that was the favorite beforehand, and Sam Howell. I, it's just there's nobody that sticks out to me. And maybe Carolina does take Malik Willis, but I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think he's saving anyone's job, Raph. No. Uh, well, that's why I think if this Pittsburgh gets Willis, they can still shove in. Your your former, but I keep on bringing up Bears quarterbacks, but they can plug in <laughs> your former Bears quarterback and have Willis sit out for a year and, and, and get gelled. Where they don't have to force him out there to be uh, the start. I think if Carolina drafts him, I think they're going to force him out there or a battle of uh, Sam Donald. 
uh, and stuff like that. I just think the situation. I think Pittsburgh is a, a right situation for that young, uh, young talent that I think Willis can be. I'm not saying he's going to be an NFL Hall of Famer quarterback, but I just think the situation. Uh, I think will fit well for Pittsburgh. All right. Well, maybe so, especially if you have someone that would look good at least for a while. And Mitch did look good when he was not on the Bears. So that's all. That's definitely a big thing. And they they picked Mason Rudolph pretty high. I think it was the second round. It was a while back now because we thought Big Ben was going to retire a lot long, a lot longer ago than now. But um, you know, they're they're a blessed with riches even with the tragedy of poor Dwayne Haskins so they still have a couple quarterbacks there it's just I don't know I think they can wait too personally but we'll see what happens sounds like your first play is Malik Willis over is that plus money though uh, I do believe so I haven't checked it actually my first NFL draft pay, uh, uh, bet this year was total wide receivers drafted in the first round over five and a half when the juice was like I think I got a minus 170 minus 175 now I think it's minus $3. I just think uh, the way the league is going, uh, more offense and stuff like that, I just thought the wide receivers are, are going to be picked really, really quickly, really, really often. So that was my first, first NFL. Uh, I didn't play that many, but that's the one I like. I thought minus $2. I thought it was a steal. I thought it should have been like $4. I think you're right, too. My, my mock draft, and obviously it's just a mock. Who cares? I have seven, and GMs seem to love receivers in the first round. They can't get away from them, and even though I always disagree with picking them, it always goes over, it seems. So I definitely can't disagree with you there. I actually personally took the running backs under, and I just – That's a good one. I, I don't – and it was .5, but I just – when they're all bunched up like that, it's the same deal as tight ends. It's like tight ends are bunched up, and they're minus seven, minus minus seven hundred. And why would they be nine, minus 700 and the running backs only minus 190? So I took the running backs under at minus 190.5, and I like that one. I actually do think there's going to be a run on cornerbacks, though, and that's a play I didn't give out yet that I remember. It's been talking about the draft a lot lately, but I don't think I, I discussed that. I think there's going to be a lot of cornerbacks drafted. I think they're, they're, that's one position that's pretty good, and I think that a lot of teams need the secondary help from just the better quarterback play that you've seen over the years in the NFL. What are your thoughts on corner? Is it over four and a half? I think it was. Isn't that plus money, I do believe. It was over four and a half, and I got plus 120. Nice, nice. I agree. I think think anything that has a B next to your your position, CBs, uh, uh, QBs, uh, stuff like that, I think that could be a high commodity. And you said it, defense, especially speed. In that position, especially if you're looking for speed on wide receivers, you need someone to cover those wide receivers. And I, I think cornerbacks, I, I like that play. If you got that plus 120, that's a good bet. All right, good stuff. Is there any props that you are making that are exotic or crazy coming to the draft? Well, I had I limit my my second bet. I had to do it because I'm two for two. I'm Mr. Irrelevant. I bet <laughs> offense this year at minus 120. <laughs> so Mr. Irrelevant is the last pick. Uh, I got. I, I'm gonna see if I can go three for three on that one. So hopefully, uh, I can do uh, uh, go on that one. Uh, we have team to draft. Well, will someone miss a draft pick like a couple years ago with the Vikings? I think Noah's minus four thousand. People always see my reason love to bet that. Of course, we have total ACC players, Big Ten players drafted. That's always a big one. For some odd reason, I don't know why Big Ten always gets the more action. You would think SEC. 
we'll get more action at it. But I, I don't know if maybe Big Ten people love the bets in the SEC or in the South where there's a lot of religious people and they don't believe in sports gambling. <laughs> but man, Big Ten, uh, we've last time I checked, I haven't checked. I think in the last 36 hours, uh, the most money was the the top ten or total Big Ten players. And if it, does, it just boggles my mind that it's not SEC because everything we turn on a TV, it's in college football. It's SEC or nothing. So uh, that's still a, a head scratcher for me. And, of course, total round, first round draft uh, trades over under three and a half. Uh, over is minus 130. Interesting because I think a lot of people will be trying to trade down, but I just don't see a ton of takers trading up. It's going to happen in the 20s, I think, Raph. There's going to be some people say, oh, that guy fell. Hmm. Yeah. You know? and, and that's where uh, teams will be a little bit more will, willing to trade up, I think. And three and a half is a pretty good number. I, I don't, you know, it's funny. I, I, I didn't think about this one as much yet because I want more information. Usually I look at that one two days before which we're about two days before right now. So I will start looking at that three and a half to the over. I, I, I probably won't touch it. Uh, I think this people are going to just want to get out of their position in the twenties. I, I think that's very possible. I have no lean on that one. I, I guess I'll say, but what you were saying earlier, a, a point about the, uh, or sorry, the big 10, that's what it was. I, I lost my train of thought. The big 10 the reason that people bet that over is they're disrespected. They want to be the SEC. You know, the SEC's got a number like 10 or 11, and the Big Ten's sitting at seven or six and a half, and Big Ten fans are like, come on, you got to be kidding me. We're going to take that over, Raph. I think that's the reason. <laughs> well, then, yeah, you, see, you see a lot of, I hate to say not positions, but the Big Ten always gets, you always see offensive linemen from Big Ten go quickly. Uh, tight ends for the Big Ten go quickly. Even some of the running backs as of late, uh, it's been SEC. But back in the day, it was always a Big Ten, especially in Wisconsin, uh, <laughs> running back going <laughs> going early. But here's another head scratcher that I've that I've never seen since I've been uh, posting uh, crazy preppers. Who are the number one overall pick? Hug first. Everyone thanks mom. Everyone hugs mom. A lot of dad action. Dad is now the favorite at plus 110, and mom's plus 125. Giving dad some love, that'd be great on a Mother's Day uh, a month. So hopefully dad gets a hug first. Dad gets a hug first. That would be tough on a Mother's Day month, actually. <laughs> uh, you know, the favorite's the dad. I, I'm surprised. Um, I guess the dad's the kind of the guy that maybe was their peewee coach and brought him up here. I mean, I am my son's peewee coach, assistant anyway. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of funny thinking about that. I, I don't know. Is maybe is our dad starting to get hugged more? Do you have any stats on that, Raph? No, I didn't have any stats. But uh, it's, uh, it's, when you do stuff like that, my mom, every time, unless they're going to someone think, they're always going to thank God first or right, then mom, and then it goes down the list. So it's always in between either God or mom, God or mom, God or mom. <laughs> uh, but uh, we had dad uh, second. I think we opened him up at plus 150. Now he's at plus 110. Mom is plus 125. Uh, sibling got some action at four to one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was uh, very interesting. I'm more curious to see. Are any of these guys going to get traded on draft day? Mayfield, uh, Jimmy G, uh, Debo, uh, who else? Uh, Metcalf. I'm more interested to see if, 
if I say no, I think it's going to be a very boring draft, and I'm glad I'll be watching NBA uh, NBA playoff games instead of the draft because I don't think it's going to be a landluster uh, draft. Well, I'll tell you this: the Raiders don't have a first round, and that was my questions for you. Uh, it's funny; I think Devontae Adams. Uh, is going to come out there and maybe do a catwalk. And I was wondering if there was a prop bet for that. I don't know. I mean, the, the draft in Vegas, no, yeah. the Raiders trade out of it. Maybe they do something a little special for the Raiders. Helicopter into the into the water, maybe? I, think that'd be hey, kinda, I, I might tune in for that. Yeah, I might I might tune in for that as well. But, I I mean, everyone I talk to, uh, the, the traffic is going to be complete, complete. Madhouse because uh, yeah. the NFL draft because of that. So I, I feel bad for the workers over at Bellagio, Paris. I mean, they have to go work and try to get to work uh, the weekend of the NFL draft. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely insane. And, it, and I mean, if you think the strips ba- strips bad enough, um, add the NFL draft to it, and maybe it's just going to make it busier the days when they get there. Obviously, nobody drives on the strip. If you live there, you're pretty smart enough to avoid it, yeah. but sometimes you got to a little bit, or at least those back roads um, are going to be packed. You know, So that's 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 one thing to think about. Any other plays that you made? Uh, not much. Like I said, I worked on some of those uh, interesting. I mean, there's some ones I did kind of like, the uh, Drake London over 10.5 uh, draft position. I, I fooled around with a little bit of that. Garrett Wilson under uh, under ten and a half. I think it was. I think it was minus one fifty. I thought that was a little bit of a cheap price uh, on that one. Those are the only ones that I thought of. Uh, I'm really Aiden Hutchinson. I thought I didn't think he was worthy of number one. I thought it was either two or three. So I bet second position, uh, second and third. I think at second, I think I got plus one fifty. Third, I think I got. I want to say somewhere around three dollars and all that. So I'm hoping that uh, he doesn't go number one and goes either two and three. Uh, I mean, I didn't do it for no double mortgage my house, or they didn't change my bet after I made the bets, uh, like you see on social media now these days. But uh, there were uh, small bets, but I would not be shocked if Hutchinson goes uh, either second or third. Yeah, that's what everyone's saying now, and maybe even farther. Farther, you know what's funny about the draft is let's just say you're a team and you had no plan of you ever even thinking this guy's going to get to you and you already got your guys right and all of a sudden a big name falls you know what what if it's like the 10th round or the 10th pick of the draft and Aiden Hutchinson is still there well he could keep falling falling kind of like Aaron Rodgers did because nobody planned for it you know like well what do we do now well we got to go with our guy, right? I mean, maybe Hutchinson's bad since nobody's drafting him. You know, that's the the panic that happens because these are time things and things happen that aren't, uh, I guess, predictable, right? So that's that's interesting. I mean, and that's where uh, you know drafting Aiden Hutchinson over one and a half for anybody that got it when he was favored is probably smiling about their tickets now. Yes, I think Derek Stingley Jr. could be very interesting. And a top three pick, he can maybe sneak up and get that third overall pick. So uh, huh. I, I'm kind of curious to see uh, that one again. I'll be refreshing my phone, not watching it live, because uh, right. I, I would I would stab myself in the eyes if I was watching it live. <laughs> not even to grade your own props. Come on, Raf. Oh, that's what the news. That's what the computers for. I'd be not grading my props. I'll be making props. I still got to finish Stranger Four, Season Four, uh, Stranger Things. I got. 
Elon Musk prop bets coming. I got other stuff I got to do to watch the draft. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And Stranger Things is coming out at the end of May. I just uh, saw that trailer. It looks. Uh, you see my prop bets I sent you? Yeah, you know, I, I, you did send them to me. I didn't look at them. I, it was a bunch of people that I forgot their names, uh, if, if they're dead or alive yet. And um, I'm like, I'm, I seriously forgot their names, Raph. I, I don't know. So I didn't get to Google it or I, I had to go back and watch a couple of games because it's been so long. Because yeah. of COVID, they said they didn't film. So it was kind of interesting. Now, uh, not not to spoiler, I'm sure, but they're only doing one more season. Season five the last. So I would not be shocked if we see a really, really bad, a really, really big cliffhanger for four just because next year is the last one. Uh, well, I'm sure, man. Well, hey, you know, they hyped it up. So we'll see if it uh, lives up to its luster more than the NFL draft will for Mr. Raphael Esparza. Raph. Awesome stuff, man. Where could our listeners and viewers get your great information? You can get me over at DocSports.com. You can find all my crazy profits over at my bookie. You can follow me on Twitter at VSI DocSports and on Instagram at Rafael Esparza. Awesome. Make sure you guys check out Rafael. Check out my bookie. Check out DocSports. Appreciate it, Raf. We'll be talking. Take it easy. All right, my friends. To end the show, we're going to talk a little UFC Fight Night Vegas 53. I mean, there's so many names for these things. UFC 208. UFC on ESPN but either way the main event doesn't change it's Marlon Vera versus Rob Font Rob Font about minus 135 minus 140 I see him up to minus 152 in some of these books this is going to be a great fight some lightweights here and when I say lightweights I mean really lightweight in the bam damn weight division both are 5'8 about 135 pounds. Rob Font, 19.5. Marlon Vera, 18.7-1. So I'm looking at this fight, and I've seen them both fight quite a few times, but I have to agree with the spread, well, the number here, right? The juice minus 135 laying for Rob Font against Vera. I actually think it should be more, probably around the minus 200. Now, Rob Font, just lost to Jose Aldo, but before that, he ripped out four pretty nice wins. Uh, Sergio Pettis, Ricky Simon, Marlon Moraes, and Cody Garbrandt. And I watched those fights. Garbrandt went the five-round distance, but, man, Garbrandt got his butt kicked, you know. And to be honest with you, he hasn't exactly been living up to uh, his hype that he when he came into the UFC. I think he was about 10-0 back in 2016. Lost to Dillashaw a couple times, lost to Munoz, beat Rafael Sanchao, and then lost again, lost to uh, Rob Font and Kai Carafrance. So I'm not going to give him a ton of credit for the Garbrandt fight, but I think like guys like Morais, Simon, Sergio Pettis definitely live up to the hype a little bit. Uh, Marlon Vera, I mean, he didn't beat anybody that big. When he fought Frankie Edgar in 2021, I thought Frankie Edgar was completely toast anyway. The dude, 40 years old, you know, been around forever. And uh, he was just kind of in it for the paychecks, in my opinion. So I can't give him a lot of props. Before that, Davey Grant. Yeah, he beat Davey Grant in a decision. Big deal. He lost to Aldo himself in a decision. And Aldo, great fight. Now, the reason this price is so small is that he beat Sean O'Malley. And I watched that fight. This is back in 2020. I think this was O'Malley's first loss. And everybody loves O'Malley. Well, in my opinion, O'Malley was just a little bit green. 
a little bit greener anyway coming into that fight. And I think O'Malley's gotten a lot better since. I think he just kind of caught O'Malley by being able to uh, TKO him. But the good news is that that fight and that win brought us to a much lower price on Rob Font. So before the O'Malley fight, he lost to Yudong Song. And Yudong Song's killing it. I mean, the dude's got to be in the top five right now, right, of uh, UFC-ranked individuals in the Bam Tam weight class. Let me pull it up right now so I don't give you any wrong information. Yudong Song Yudong is number nine. I wonder why that is. Yadong is number nine. Marlon Vera is number eight, even though Yadong just somewhat recently beat him. So I find that a little bit more of a head scratcher. Maybe Song lost a, a fight before that. I'm guessing that, uh, or he, he lost to Kyler Phillips after that. That's why. Okay, that threw him back down a little bit, but then he beat Casey Kenny, Marlon Morais, and Julio Ars. I think that, Yadong should be ahead of him. But either way, Rob Font is ranked fifth, and Rob Font has the metrics. You know, Rob Font, 5.64 significant strikes landed per minute. Marlon Vera, 4.08. Accuracy is pretty close, a little bit edge to Vera, but the takedown average has Rob Font a little bit higher, and both of them seem to submit. But Rob Font has the better striking. He can strike with the best of them in his weight class. And that's how he's going to beat Vera. He's going to not let Vera take him down and he's going to strike. Rob Font is the better technical fighter and they're fighting at the apex, which is five feet smaller than other UFC rings. The smaller ring favors the stand-up fighter because they can get to the cage if taken down and get back on their feet. The larger the ring favors the grapplers. So keep that in mind. I think the price is short on Rob Font. We're going to take him for two stars at minus 135. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. All right, my friends, thank you so much for listening to this show. If you have any comments about the draft, feel free to tweet us at the Odds Breakers. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the draft. Enjoy all the games and go get some winners. <laughs>